Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. Justin Holiday in the corner. He'll have to hurry. He'll get it down low. McConnell from the baseline. Beat the clock and scored as the third quarter draws to a close. Indiana is in total control. Tatum against Hachimura. Drives on him. Gets to the rim. Lays it up and in with the right hand. Hachimura didn't want to foul out. And the Celtics isolated him. And Tatum with 45 and counting. And Scott Brooks calls timeout. Jason Tatum moving to his left. Bertans in front of him. Tristan Thompson ambles out to set the screen. Tatum, step to his left, three in the air, got it! 48 for Jason Tatum. NBA play-in tournament starts, couple of Eastern games, you heard the highlights as the Pacers went up by 16 in the first quarter, 24 at the half, 30 after three. PK, you were going to watch those games, but I'm thinking you checked in on that and went over to the Golf Channel for some PGA Championship or maybe a little East Coast baseball because that was a whooping the Pacers put oh, on the first game. Yeah. yeah, the first game was nothing, obviously. It was awful. So the Hornets are eliminated. The Pacers now go play the loser of the Celtics-Wizards game. So they'll be in Washington playing for the eighth seed because the Wizards had no answer for Jason Tatum. 50 points and a 118-100 win. Celtics taking control of that game in the third quarter and then pulling away in the fourth. You think Philadelphia regrets taking Markel Fultz one, Lonzo Ball two, Jason Tatum three? You would hope. Would we go left Jason a little Tatum talent, one? Left a little talent on the board. I'd have to see that whole draft. I, I got it right in front of me. What do you want to know? I would think Tatum's the one, but I haven't seen the whole draft. De'Aaron Fox, five. Josh Jackson, he's a player for the G League. I was going to say for which <laughs> I was waiting. Waiting for the comedy. And sitting there at 13, Donovan Mitchell. Ah, there it is. Out of bio at 14. Nice pick. Yeah. See, you can have draft picks, but you got to. But if you spend it on Markel Fultz, when yeah, number one, man, he went number one. Tatum, Mitchell, out of Bio on the board. Don't. Yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, Kuzma, Kuzma was a nice pick where he was taken. He'd be in the first half of the lottery now. The Kuz, wouldn't he? You're yeah, skipping over some yeah, of the picks. There's this. Think. There's crap. Harry Giles. Isn't he a, like a singer? Is <laughs> no. that Styles? Harry Styles, yes. Giles good. plays Close enough. the Kings, I believe, now. Yeah. So, a bunch of nondescript players, man. Got to cash in and get those high picks. And Markel Foltz, what a bust. This was, you know, Did Laurie Markkinen go in the right spot? He was seventh in that draft. Is no. that about right? Is no. he about the seventh best player? Um, and Mitchell would go in front of him. I think Adebayo would go in front of him, wouldn't he? Oh, for sure. Yeah, no question he'd go and ahead of him. Tatum's in front of him. De'Aaron Fox is in front of him. Kadeem Allen? I just wanted to say Kadeem. Yeah, that wasn't a very good draft. No, really, it wasn't. Maybe. Three or four, five players, and then a bunch of eh, yeah. nothing. Five players who are good, and five players who are... And then what? Guys who didn't make it. All right, Western Conference playing game should be better tonight. Spurs and Grizzlies at 530. And then it's the Warriors and Lakers at 8. ESPN has the doubleheader tonight.
Who do we want to win that? I don't think that it's a guarantee one way or the other. Uh, I think you want the Spurs and the Lakers to win. And then the Lakers go to no, the second game. I don't care about bracket. the second game. And then you want I mean, the Spurs that, to upset the... <laughs> I don't care about that game. <laughs> and then you want the Spurs to upset the yeah, Warriors. But, but no, I'm talking about as the far Warriors, as you want to, Lakers. Do the Jazz want to play the Lakers or do the Jazz want to play the Warriors? Well, I don't think as a one seed you really want to play either one of them. Both those teams should be higher seeded, but they're not. I think you probably want to play the Warriors. Why? If the Warriors beat the Lakers, Lakers would be down... Even if they won and beat the Spurs or the Grizzlies or whoever it might be, and I guess they, you know, if they did, they'd go in an eight, obviously, but they would be down at that point. And when you want to catch a down team, the Lakers have more marginally, but the Lakers have more good players than the Warriors, don't they? Doesn't it just come down to talent? Yeah, but you're not you're not playing the roster; you're playing the team in the moment. Well, I guess if either team is really going to suck and be disconnected and whatever uh, other cool word you can throw out there, well, then I mean, you yeah, but want you, your them. big thing. The Warriors are fifteen and five, mm-hmm. but okay, it's not so the greatest the, schedule. The Lakers, fifteen and five. The Lakers are not plays the same schedule. The same over. Come on, but not over twenty games. Whoop de do. So I can go back and find whatever I'm trying to find out of that. Yep. I just don't think that it's a slam dunk. It's not. And I would say, that, but you want me off the fence, and I would say that marginally, I think the Lakers are going to be the tougher matchup. They've got more talent. But you're right, the pieces may not all fit. They may be out there struggling. We may be projecting something on them they're not capable of doing. Something to think about. Suns head coach Monty Williams named the coach of the year by his peers in the National Basketball Coaches Association. All 30 coaches vote. Jazz coach Quinn Snyder got some votes. Monty Williams gets the win. I don't see how Monty Williams is not the coach of the year in every poll. Because they came from further back. It's a bigger jump for them. Who overachieved the most? That's the, the, the award for coach of the year is who overachieved the most. It's clearly the Suns. That's, what, that's the essence of the award. Right or wrong, that is the essence of the award. Yeah. If you want to argue, should that be the essence of the award, I'm up for that. I love a good argument on sports. Bring it! I've been only been doing it for 20 years, man. Oh, you've been longer. doing it for more than that. I've been getting paid for it. Uh, so, I mean, I love that stuff. But that's the essence of the award, is who will overachieve the most. And in my mind, no team overachieved the most than the Suns. Therefore, it's Williams. I'd have to go back through all the preseason predictions. Did the Suns get picked in front of the Jazz anywhere? Yeah, two guys in Phoenix. Two guys in Phoenix. Suns.com. Those homers can't (laughs) vote for Monty, but everybody else. (laughs) How about for a half-season turnaround job in Atlanta? No. The Knicks. Not bad, but no. Okay. And that's pretty much it, right? For major overachievement? I would put the Jazz as overachieving. I I thought we'd already included them. Wouldn't put them as high. Because I think a lot of people picked them four, five, or six. And they got to one. So they clearly overachieved. Or in right. some cases, eight. Yeah. yeah. I picked them second if things ever, everything went well. So even even that, my best case scenario, they overachieved that. So certainly he deserves, Quinn Snyder deserves recognition and mention and all that stuff. NBA said Tuesday, Miles Turner, Indiana Pacers, is the NBA's blocked shot champion. Can you be champion or is that a leader? Anyway, 
whatever, over Rudy Gobert, despite the fact he didn't play 70% of the games, typically needed to qualify as a statistical leader. By rule, he fell four games short, having played in just 47. But he had such a big lead, if he played in 51 and blocked a shot, he still would have been in front of Gobert. So there it is. Gobert finishes second. Well, that's like a sis. That's an, an obtuse stat. Block shots. Doesn't measure everything that you want to be measuring when you're doing that. Shots prevented. Shots Shots altered. altered. Shots never even attempted. Guys who didn't even drive into the paint. "Mm, Hence shots attempted. Shots that missed. Maybe weren't even altered, but still missed. He hurried him. His his defense speaks for itself. He doesn't need any stupid alterization of the rules. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. If you play well for long enough, these are the conversations that are, are going to come up. You know, I understand I'm, I'm not going to play forever, but I also, you know, have the mindset that I'm still playing really well and, and have, you know, a lot of good football in front of me. Um, but the most important thing to me is it, it comes from the belief in the building, the people who are actually making decisions, uh, the people who, um, you, you know, are with you day to day. That's Matt Ryan, Atlanta Falcons quarterback, having a similar conversation to what must be going on in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers without all the obviously visible emotion and bad feelings. 36, how much longer? When do we go get a new guy? When do we let the new guy play? What do we do with the old guy? Ryan's career not as illustrious as Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but still pretty good. He's been to a Super Bowl, thrown a gazillion touchdown passes. Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, all systems go. His doctor says he's going to be ready for that September 12 regular season opener against the Vikings. Good. Good for him. Eagles modified their offseason model, met with veteran players. They won't hold a mandatory minicamp this year. Additionally, there'll be no team or seven-on-seven drills during OTAs. Eagles coach Nick Sirianni said, we had some really good conversations with our players, some of our team leaders about the offseason program. So there you go. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Turnbull sets. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss! History! Spencer Turnbull has become the sixth Tiger pitcher to throw the eighth no-hitter in franchise history. His teammates burst out of the dugout and mob him at the mound. How about it? Brilliant all-night-long great defense behind him, especially Candelario in the seventh. And Spencer Turnbull has thrown a no-hitter here in Seattle. Fifth no-hitter of the year. Second time in a couple weeks that the Mariners have been hit with the no-no. And Turnbull really didn't have the confidence early on. Not a great bullpen session, but sure enough, at the end... His teammates are all over him. He's getting hit with water, beer, and baby powder. I feel like I'm watching Oprah. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. <laughs> you get a no-no. You get a no-no. You get a no-no. What the freak? Is it because guys who are swinging the fences don't care about strikeouts? Nobody's trying to put the ball in play, which well, is where the hit happens? Left from last year, though. True story. Another thing that hasn't changed is the rule that you get to put a runner on second base in the 10th inning, so the Padres used a bunt and a wild pitch to score the game winner and beat the Rockies 2-1 to in 10. 
Another thing that hasn't changed. Pools driving in another run. Bases loaded. Hit by pitch. I think on the uh, OT extra innings, maybe wait a little bit before you do that. Do it in the 12th or 13th? Something like that. Let them have some normal innings? Yeah, yeah. Instead of right off the bat. I like it. I don't really like the guy at second base rule. I really put him at first. Start him on one. Yeah, put in more strategy. You know, what do you do there? I'm with PK, though. Okay, two normal innings, then a guy on first for the 12th inning. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and second for the 13th, the guy in third for the 14th. (laughs) (laughs) It feels pretty tricked up. And then just give him a run in the 14th. (laughs) 14th. Just just call it a day. (laughs) Coin flip. Uh, Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks 9-1. Giants beat the Reds 4-2. Is that going to be the... The best division in baseball in the best race with the Giants, who weren't supposed to be good, right there with the Padres and the Dodgers, who were supposed to be excellent. Who right now are, you know, nice. The Padres are playing 600 ball. Not off the charts, but good. Dodgers a little off that pace. 600 is plenty good. Yeah. Once you get past Mother's Day, you're you're starting to get in the heart of the season. So, uh, you know, I'll have to look in how it develops a little bit more. But, yeah, if the Giants can keep it up, I expect the other two to keep it up. Oakland Athletics in the American League West. Game and a half up on the Astros. The Athletics beat the Astros 6-5. to Ramon Laureano hit two homers. And then the game-winning sacrifice fly. So, the hero for a day is the Athletics stretch that lead to a game and a half over Houston. Top two teams in the L West playing. And then for the Angels, Trout. Mike Trout. Calves strain out six to eight. He thought it was. Uh, he thought it was his Achilles. He said he felt a pop. Well, that's not good. That's yeah, he said he was, he was like mortified about it. Corey Seager with a fractured hand. He's out two months. Same about about the same time. Part of the game. What are you gonna do? Mets outfielder Kevin Pillar, multiple nasal fractures. We were talking yesterday about all the blood on his coming off his uh, face after he got hit in the face. So. He walked the lineup card out yesterday. It was good to see, though. He's on the 10 day injured list. Bees wrapped up a 12 game homestand with a 9 3 win over Tacoma. They're off today and in Las Vegas tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, with Steve Klauke on the call. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. No job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, going to join us at 8.30. PGA Championship Preview with Bob Casper. Time for the draft, PK. You ready for our PGA Championship picks? Yeah, I'm going Phil, number one. Nine o'clock. And next, Pete Futak, National College Football Writer for CollegeFootballNews.com. New commissioner in the Pac-12, new plans, and PK, one of them caught your eye, would impact us here locally. Well, he's talking about expansion in the Pac-12, and what does that mean? We will get to that and his theories. That's next, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Number one.
Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes Your Toes brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. At Jerry Seiner Cadillac, you can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive one today. Coming up, we got Pete Futak, national college football writer for College Football News. He's going to join us in just a couple of minutes here, and he's got some interesting takes on the Pac-12 and they, where they go from here with the new commissioner. We do have a question of the day up, and we could dive in on that for one day. Are we all Warrior fans, or are we all Laker fans? What do you want to have happen tonight? Lakers and Warriors, winner gets the seventh seed and goes to the opposite side of the bracket from the Jazz. Jason says the Lakers aren't losing two in a row if LeBron's back, so we are Laker fans tomorrow. Meaning today. Yes, he must have posted it last night. Colin says, I'm going to hold my nose and root for the Lakers. Then try to be discreet when I throw up later on after coming to grips that I just rooted for the Lakers. Rooting for LeBron. He's going to throw up. But he's going to do it. It would appear that would be in the best interest of the Jazz, but be careful what you wish for. Yeah, (laughs) because they could be rolling in a conference final. It would be better to knock them out early. Take your chances. Yeah. Would you like to have the Lakers be in a win or lose situation? Basically, if they lose tonight, then Friday's at game seven. Thomas goes the other way from a lot of people. I'd prefer to f- face the Lakers. So I'm rooting for the Warriors in game one. It would be sweet if you get them and beat them and send them home. <laughs> Jacob, man. Jacob's on the top of the mountain. He's got a jazz flag on a pole, and he is planting it. Jacob's just, I'm not sure why everyone's afraid of the Lakers. I say bring them on. I'd love to take them down. Has LeBron ever gone down in the first round? Have to check his early days in Cleveland. Been ousted that early? Not in a long, long time. Because that's the arc of the way it should go. Ah, Stockton and Malone at the end were going out in the first round. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Right. You're, you, you, you get in there. You, you build yourself wet. up. You're at yeah. the top for a while. Yeah. Then you're down the other side. Right. A conference final loss, a first, second right. round loss. It's yeah. not that unusual for a superstar. I mean, usually that's the way it goes. You know, unless you're like Magic, who, you know, he had the deal where he had to retire. Yeah. Yeah, Magic. At like 30, Magic, 31. Yeah, Magic like bent the curve at both ends. Championship the first year and. His last full season before he came he's, back, he was in the finals. Yeah, that. those were all like he's playing eight games here or whatever, twelve games there. Yeah, so you know, it's got to happen some point for this uh, behemoth of a basketball player. You can't just be awesome forever. Uh, LeBron was lottery early on. He has never gone out in the first round. He was eighteen years old. First year they made the playoffs, they won a series and got to the second round. Because he's 36, he's been in the league 18 years. Wow. Yeah. Long time. It's got to happen at some point, man. He's going to slip, and probably along those lines, his team is going to slip. It's going to follow 
his advancement in age. Why not now? Yeah, he's had lottery seasons where they missed it all together. A couple early and then the one late well, with, the Lakers. with the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. He, he was injured most of the time. Yep. I, I totally think it's conceivable and doable that they beat the Lakers. I don't know that I'm drastically more concerned about the Lakers over the Warriors. I will buy if you want to make an argument that you're more concerned about the Lakers than the Warriors. But am I drastically more concerned? I'm not sure. No, I think drastically is probably overselling it. But I think the, the huge catch is you don't know how good the Lakers are going to be. I mean, we'll kind of get a read on that tonight. It's the playoffs. Right, so if they lose, then that's a positive sign for the Jazz in my mind. Sure, but do they lose with both guys playing 35 minutes? Are there injuries on top of this? Well, they're not going to rest, guys. No, but are they hurt? Well, then if they're hurt, who cares? They're not going to win it. Exactly. If they And if they lose in part because they're hurt and guys can't go or guys go for part of the game. Sucks for them, but so what? Show goes on. (laughs) Nice. It don't matter. The show goes on. It the do. show goes on. <laughs> it will. It will happen either way. With or without them, if they're hurt. It's one of the better gifts with Leonardo DiCaprio from, what was that Wall Street movie he was in? What's it called? Wolf of Wall, Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. Bleep you. He's up there. Bleep you indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not safe for work. Not even close. Russell says, let Phoenix eliminate the Lakers. Why? If they're going to be eliminated, wouldn't you want to do it? Thank you. <laughs> yes. The part you don't want to face in this part is where, you know, LeBron puts on the Superman cape and comes back and is, you know, 40 and 15, and the Lakers are looking like the champs again. But if they're looking like the champs they're again. are going to get them down the road. Right. Although I think Jazz fans would rather get to the Western Conference Final and have some playoff success and feel that. Yeah, I can argue it would be even a more bitter defeat at that point. Uh, that's... We've seen some conference final defeats here that have been bitter. So this is one thing about losing to, or excuse me, beating Shaq and Kobe. Okay, you beat them, but whoop de do. They needed to be beat at that point. It's part of their process. But it was fun, and they. But yeah, but they got three titles out of the deal. They did. You got zero. Yep. The walking out of the arena after the win, it was fun. LeBron's not going to beat. We're going to win three titles. More, I don't think. He's at, he's at a different spot in his career. Yeah. He could possibly three-peat. This could be the second of three. It's not out of the realm that they could win it this year and win it next year. I'd bet against it, but it's not out of the realm. Right, but you had no play in that right. last year. The, the Shaq-Kobe deal was different. They were real early in their career. All right, hit us up on uh, Twitter, David DJ James. We will, uh, we will get back to this. Right now, time to talk college football with Pete Futak, national college football writer for collegefootballnews.com. Pete, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. So, the Pac-12 has a new commissioner, and uh, you wrote uh, something at College Football News, kind of looking ahead, multiple things that they need to do and then they need to work on in the conference office to Vegas and... Vegas is going to become to the Pac-12, what Atlanta is to the SEC. So you go through a lot of these things, but then you get to conference expansion, you throw 10 teams out, and you know you're going to get a call from Salt Lake City Radio when you write this, don't you, Pete? You did it on purpose. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, that's part of the deal. But the whole point of the article is, like, if now that you've got this guy in George Klyukov who's going to 
be progressive in the way he's going to want to attack TV deals, uh, making the Pac-12 a bigger deal. The whole point of the article was like, all right, on day five, after he gets everything settled in and they sit down and say, okay, how do we make this thing bigger? He's kind of alluding to the idea of opening up expansion talk. And so the idea is, okay, if you're in that room and you're talking about expansion, where do you look to do this? And these are the teams that, and the schools that they should be talking about. So you have BYU, and BYU brings a lot to the table, but Utah's already in the media market. There's the different philosophies, BYU being a church school, Sunday play, some other political issues, whatever they might be, could be an impediment. But I always thought, and I agree with you, and the thing that you say is that you know you don't think it's going to happen, but a scheduling agreement, because we see that Notre Dame has one with the ACC, and Notre Dame doesn't really need one, but they, they have one. Whereas BYU, if they can get a scheduling agreement with the Pac-12, because it's sort of de facto as it is, and I would love to see for BYU going forward four games every year against the Pac-12, four games every year against the Mountain West, and then they can figure out the other four. What do you think the uh, reality of that being that they can actually get a scheduling agreement literally playing three or four schools with the Pac-12 every year that has to be happened because the contract says it? Yeah, I don't know if you need the contract necessarily, but the very least, like you said, they can have sort of the Notre Dame, and I keep calling it the friends with benefits deal with, uh, where you're in, but you're kind of not. You you know, you can go play other teams, but you really are kind of an ACC team if you're Notre Dame, and you're at least thought of in that group. And it's not just – this whole story when you talk about expansion and contracts isn't just about – Sports. It's about the affiliation. It's about you know just being a part of something big. And obviously, you know Notre Dame is is right there in Big Ten country, and you know the Big Ten schools are generally stronger for the most part than the ACC schools up and down. Uh, but still, the ACC is obviously a very good academic conference. It's obviously got a whole lot of uh, prestige in a whole lot of ways. And so, just that kind of affiliation that shows that. Yeah, Notre Dame is at that level of overall affiliation, even if Notre Dame is probably right there with Duke as the best academic university in the, in the ACC mix. Same thing for BYU. You know, BYU, from a, um, a business standpoint, makes perfect sense for the Pac-12. You know, you have a humongous international fan base. You have a, an energy that's there. <coughs> Excuse me, I tickled my throat. And you've got this, uh, what, what they are, really are missing across the board, which are fans. You know, it's it's kind of lost in this whole thing with the Pac-12. Why isn't the Pac-12 making the gobs of money that other places are? It's because they don't get the butts in the seats. It's you know you don't get hundred. You don't have the hundred thousand sta- you know seat stadiums uh, packed with, like you have in the Big Ten and, and the SEC. You don't have you know your your one of your flagship. Uh, programs is Oregon, and if you look at, you know, who are the top 20 programs in the country, and certainly Oregon's up there, you know, it has almost uh, half, just barely over half as many fans in their stands because Austin's so small compared to the Ohio States and the Alabamas of the world. So uh, you've got the big stadium, you've got the international fan base, you've got the fire and everything like that, but again, like you said, it's it's a little bit of a philosophical problem there compared to where the Pac-12 might want to go. Um, because they're going to want just state schools. They don't want private schools. You want big alumni bases, 
big state schools. And for BYU, for right now, yeah, if you could find a way to make it, uh, get the Pac-12 in there as much as possible, that'd be great. But at the same time, if you're BYU, it's also kind of nice to be able to schedule anybody you want. So that's a little bit, that's, that's the big positive about being an independent. Thought one of the other interesting things in this uh, story was that you thought they might make a run at Oklahoma and that Texas was unattainable, and that maybe Oklahoma and Texas would be fine with going their separate ways for a long time. They were in different leagues, Big Eight and the Southwest Conference. So is this more speculative? Is there really stuff out there? How serious is this? Oh, it's all speculative. I mean, right, again, the whole point of the article is saying if you're if you're meeting and saying who do we go after. This is who you go after. And you know, if you remember 10 years ago, Oklahoma was just this close to being a Pac, at the time it was Pac-10, a Pac-12 school, and they were almost there. I mean, there was all the expansion talk was kicking in. There was uh, the Big Ten in Texas were talking. You had all this, this momentum about Texas Tech and Oklahoma State and Oklahoma possibly moving. Uh, so there's always been sort of that underlying current that, yeah, that might be the program to go get. The problem uh, for the Pac-12 with Texas is it's the by far the most profitable college football program going. I mean, they just that place is just a cash machine, and it it just makes too much financial sense for uh, Texas to to move in. They don't want to share any of that pie with the Pac-12. Better for them to rule the roost and then go after uh, American Athletic Conference programs like Houston and you know Cincinnati and Memphis and even maybe UCF or USF uh, than it would be to move to the Pac-12. Uh, and even the Big Ten would actually move, make, make sense to them. But Oklahoma has always, again, they were, right, they were really, really close. And that's the type of move where if you're Oklahoma and you want to raise your school's overall profile, that's how you do it because that's where you go nationally because the Pac-12 just makes sense. It's an obviously fish-out-of-water thing comparing the world of Norman, Oklahoma, to Los Angeles. But you have some, you have some general ties there, especially if you can get some of the other Big 12 programs to jump, jump in. And if you're the Pac-12, you desperately, desperately have to have a big-time football program in the central time zone because the, the whole Pac-12 after dark thing is cute and all, but your product fails if half the country's asleep when some of your best games are happening. How about the other way around, Pete, that the Big 12 goes after the two Arizonas and two L.A.s and brings them in? Uh, that's a, the problem with that is the Big 12 has just not been progressive enough in that way. I, to, for the life of me, I do not know why the Big 12 has not snapped up uh, you, you know, South Florida and uh, UCF. Those are two gigantic schools with 50,000-plus enrollment, massive alumni bases, and they've got, well, well, the idea of a TV market doesn't matter quite as much now in a streaming world. It does matter when you have just the general media market areas. You've got Tampa and you've got Orlando. You've got the I-4 corridor there. That should be a no-brainer. It should be a no-brainer to get to expand further and give West Virginia kind of a, while Cincinnati's not quite a next-door neighbor geographic rival, at least it makes sort of philosophical sense to get a Cincinnati or to get Memphis or to get, even though you are a Texas-based conference, to get Houston, uh, just to lock down that area of the world. But they just haven't wanted to do it. They just have not been progressive in that. And the problem for the Big 12 is, you know, why would the Pac-12 teams do that? Why would Arizona, 
uh, Arizona State and the L.A. schools give them their markets. Because right now, who's your biggest TV market if you're uh, the Big 12? It's Dallas and uh, you know some of the Texas markets, maybe Kansas City to a certain extent for basketball. Uh, but even that's become more SEC-centric with Mizzou going to the SEC. So it's really not an advantage for the L.A. teams to go do that. And on the flip side, again, kind of the point here is you've got this commissioner who's coming in who is going to want to change up everything, and he's going to make uh, the more interesting deals out there to try to make this Pac-12 a whole lot bigger and stronger. You throw out a lot of Mountain West schools here, but I think for one reason or another, academically, the Pac-12 has always been really opposed to letting in state schools that aren't major research institutions like San Diego State and Fresno State or UNLV, Nevada. Boise State's academics have always been an issue, so you put them on the list, but that would take a major, major change from the presidents to sign off on anything like that. Which is why Boise State's low on the list, which is why Fresno State's low on the list. I mean, you know, I, I'm not dogging any of these academic institutions by any stretch, and you're right. It's all about research more than just academic prestige. But, you know, it's not like Arizona State and Oregon State or, you know, the Harvards of the West. I mean, you've got Stanford, you've got Cal, you've got UCLA, USC, some of the most prestigious colleges in, in the country. San Diego State is kind of up their profile. San Diego State's done enough uh, to, I, I know this firsthand, because kid wants to uh, go to Palm Tree U and go live the life in someplace warm, so I've looked into this way too much. But San Diego State is at least gotten up to a, a stronger, bigger overall level. And then from a sports and marketing standpoint, the key to San Diego State is that they don't have an NFL team. You're talking, you know, there's Sacramento, Portland, and uh, San Diego, I think, are the three biggest markets, uh, media markets, that don't have a, a direct, obvious tie-in to a uh, to a uh, to an NFL team after you know the Chargers left to San Diego. So that's an area that's sort of a professional sports town in a, in a slew of ways. Uh, obviously, it's a fickle sports town because it's San Diego and there's just too much stuff to do. But there's a base there. And you can expand that market a little bit more, even though San Diego does obviously own and is into the L.A. teams as well. How about BYU to the Big 12? I don't know why that hasn't been pushed more either. I mean, it, it's again, you always have the problem with the, the Sunday. I, I think the Sunday games and things is not that big a deal. I kind of think that's a, uh, that's a little bit of a, a, a talking point to say, oh, this is why it's not working. Again, you're, you're talking about two different philosophical conferences, including geography, including mindsets, including political views and values. And I kind of think BYU matches better with the Big 12. And again, the problem, again, is that the Big 12 just is not that progressive when it comes to expansion. It just does not want to split up its pie because if you're Texas and you're Oklahoma, you're liking this. You know, Texas, again, it's the number one most profitable college athletic department in all of you know, the whole game. And Oklahoma's right up there. Overall, their TV deal for now isn't all that bad. And it's actually better in a lot of ways than the, what the Pac-12 brings. Uh, I, to me, if you're able to get by, uh, you know, the, the private school aspect and, you know, the other parts of BYU that some don't like, well, that's a, I always said that is a great fit because, again, you're talking about a, a big, gigantic international fan base. 
You're talking about a pretty decent market there with you guys in Salt Lake. You're talking about a big stadium. It just increases that footprint that much more, and it raises the overall profile. And for the Big 12, that would be a great expansion call. I think of all the things you said that are most intriguing, I think it's when you brought up streaming because it's clearly where everything's going. The question is how quickly the NFL just signed an 11-year deal. And they did put Thursday night streaming on Amazon. Uh, and, And it'll be interesting to see when this deals up in 11 years what happens to all the traditional networks and how the NFL handles that. But in a streaming world, the BYU fans who are scattered, who aren't a factor in the cable TV world, but the 5,000 fans who are in Tennessee, the 3,000 fans who are in Maine, the 15,000 fans who are in Florida, all of a sudden, start adding that up, BYU will be in a whole different weight class. <laughs> it'll be, yeah. the, the money side of it will be different. Uh, but I just wonder how close we are to that and how much longer Cougar fans have to wait. But they, they draw five to 10,000 fans wherever they go in the country. And if those people will buy streaming, and I would expect they would, that changes, that changes the math equation for mega money. It also changes why BYU would want to join a conference. You know, it, again, the, 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 the thing about some of the – it depends on the religious schools and where they're at in general. For example, you know, Notre Dame's just a different animal because it's Notre Dame. But a place like Liberty – I know I'm comparing, you know, apples to, you know, bananas here when it comes to this. But the problem with Liberty is, while it's it, – got sort of that religious affiliation. There's a lot of baggage to that, which, you know, the Conference USA's of the world don't really want to to take on. BYU, the religious factor, I don't think it should be the the big deal it would be as it would be for other places. I mean, look at, you know, the Big 12 itself. You've got a place like TCU, you know, which is, you know, Texas Christian University. You know, there is a a religious tie-in there. There are it's not really that giant a barrier, I think, for the Big 12 as it would be for uh, the Pac-12. And when it comes to the streaming side of things, you're right. Again, it's it. I love the the idea of business-wise at BYU. I just it, it, the fan base is just there. I I know it. I, I know. I can tell from the articles I write and the you know the appearances I make that there's a there's such a positive energy with that base. That's just going to be, you know, just rabid for anything it does. But if you're BYU, it might make more financial sense just to stay on your own. The only reason why BYU might want the affiliation would be for the affiliation in terms of academics and just being part of the whole research uh, side of things like you alluded to before. And in that way, shape, and form, the Pac-12 is miles ahead of the Big 12. I know Big 12 people yell at me for this, but... It just is. You just, you would, if you're BYU and you're going to make that move, you really would rather be affiliated with the Pac-12 than you would be with the Big 12. And being independent's not that bad. You know, they're making money. You know, they, they get to keep it all. It's a nice deal. You get to create your own schedule. Yeah, I know from a sports side of thing, it's frustrating because you don't have that. You know, you know, conference championship to play for. Uh, but in, at the end of the day, money-wise, revenue-wise, it's a really sweet deal for for the Cougars. Well, Pete, we'll uh, tweet out a link to your story, and people can read it for themselves. And uh, you can check him out online, collegefootballnews.com. Pete, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Anytime, guys. You have a good one. Pete Futak, College Football News right there. Did you hear that, boys? The giant international fan base. (laughs) 
Underscore that multiple times. Ginormous, large, gargantuan. Normally those are words that are reserved for you and your ego. But for now, we're talking about BYU and its fan base. Behemoth. All the folks in England, juggernaut. You going to get the streaming package? You going to pay the big money? I'm streaming for streaming. Underscore that. Cut that up, Yach. We've got shows and shows. All you doubters. They are there, and they are there in abundance. And they're not going away. It's time for the Unigolf PGA Championship giveaway. Be caller number 12 right now and see what player you get for this year's PGA Championship. 25 callers will be paired with the top 25 players in the world, while the 26th will be assigned the field. If your golfer wins, if your assigned golfer wins, you win the same brand of putter that player has in their bag. Caller 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE will get a golfer. Caller 12, 855-340-ZONE. Who's it going to be, Yuck? We're going with Paul Casey. Paul Casey, Paul there it Casey, is. Paul Casey, Arizona State. Yeah, I got your academics. The Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. Paul friggin' Casey. Arizona State assistant baseball coach gets the head coaching job at UCSB. He's talking recruiting in the sports information office, and I'm there as a student assistant. He goes, that chair right there could get into Arizona yeah, State. Yeah, and welcome to 1983. A little bit old there. Nice dated reference there, Gramps. Some things never change. Including your cluelessness. <laughs> All right. The PGA Championship giveaway brought to you by UNA Golf, serving Utah golfers since 1971. Lobbed to Rudy. Oh, he packed it with the right hand. Produced three All-Stars. Check. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. Earned the best record in the NBA in the top spot in the West. You are fabulous. Check and check. The regular season is over, and now the number one seeded Utah Jazz begin their quest for an NBA title. Let's go! When the Jazz take the court in the NBA playoffs, you'll hear every second of every game on your exclusive home. Welcome home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Registration now open for Skyhawk Sports Academy summer camps. Join us for an action-packed, fun-filled summer of youth sports camps at a location near you. Choose between soccer, flag, football, fueled by USA Football, golf, baseball, cheerleading, multi-sport camps, mini-hawk camps, and more. Find program information and register today at www.skyhawks.com. All right, we just had Pete Futek on, national college football writer for collegefootballnews.com. You like having him on. uh, He said what you said about the scheduling agreement with the Pac-12. Do you think that or expansion? Do you think anything changes with well, not anything, but do you think anything along those lines changes with the new commissioner? Because on the business side of things, things need to change. Football's going to Vegas, the conference office. I think you could bet on them going to Vegas. That seems like a pretty safe bet. Vegas, move that network, the TV network, out of the expensive San Francisco real estate. Well, he is because the contract is still there, though. And he's a, he has the Vegas roots. I'm I don't know joking. that it's going to go back. I don't know the conference office is going to go to Vegas. Think it'll stay in San Francisco? No. No, but there's plenty of options within the conference that you can go to that are far, far cheaper. Corvallis. Salt, Salt Lake City. Salt Lake Utah. City. Not coming to Salt Lake City. Phoenix, baby. Yeah, Phoenix is an obvious one. You can get out of Sky Harbor and get anywhere. Not, yeah, it's not fun. that far away. It's fun. 
But uh, maybe. But all the expansion stuff, it just seems like it's so tied to the presidents and the academics, and it just seems like they're at twelve. They're just unless they can pry Oklahoma away. Yeah. Which if you can get Oklahoma, well, they'll take Oklahoma and Chico State. (laughs) Chico State. They will, as long as you get Oklahoma. Who cares who the other team is, or the other university and their friggin' research? (laughs) So. I think that for BYU's perspective, a scheduling agreement as long as uh, as they're independent, I don't know that the commissioner is going to get involved in that. That seems too minutia. But for the individual universities, yeah, I think they need to put BYU on their schedule as much as possible because they have fans, and the fans are going to show up. And did you see how many empty seats were at Stanford and UCLA before the pandemic hit? Acres and acres of empty seats. Yeah, but that's but your team sucks, though. You, I mean, UCLA, yes, but at Stanford? Uh, they suck a lot. They, last year, they had the worst record. <clears throat> that, well, last year doesn't count. No, the last year. year. But you go back. The, the year before. Eight. Yeah. I mean, I forget. I don't really care what, what last your year record matter, was right. last year. Uh, but the year before was the worst they've ever had. And even in good times. I mean, that's the price you pay when you bring in students from all over the world. And there isn't any big-time buzz, and it's a high academic place. So there isn't that overwhelming sports football win-at-all-cost mentality. So I don't know that you're ever going to make a difference there. But Stanford has scheduled BYU many times over. Yes. And they'll continue to do that. I've been there. I've covered several games where the Cougars have played. Uh, And I think it's it's important for BYU's perspective. Maybe not as much for the Pac-12, but I do think that they bring in fans uh, but I think it's important for BYU on a number of reasons here because I think the fan, your fan base is Western-oriented and they are m- way more familiar with Pac-12 teams. And then I think for them, it's it, to a degree, it's fun in that, uh, like this year, you know, you're both going to play ASU. You're both going to play SC. Uh, who else? Is there anybody else? Uh, it's, uh, Washington, Washington State. State, yeah. So you, you sort of have a little bit, well, and then you play each other, obviously. So you have a level of common opponents, because I think that's part of the the downside for BYU is that you there isn't the fun of watching somebody who could beat somebody that could help you. There's very little of that in terms of a conference race. There's zero. There's still some of that. If you beat, uh, you beat Utah, and ironically, if then Utah goes eleven and one, that would help you in that respect. You'd get made more. Res- I don't know if it'll make a difference, but at least in respect-wise, if you beat them and they whomever it might be, so there is a little bit of that, but not to the level. Whereas if you played in the Pac-12, there's a lot of fun that you can have with that because you look at. BYU's biggest wins in independence. Now, clearly at home, I don't think there's any question, it was SC. Unless I'm missing somebody. I don't think you're missing somebody. Right. I mean, I was there. They're blasting. We are the champions. They stormed the field. That was a fun environment that Saturday afternoon. It was a day game. Texas would be second. At home... 
Although they beat them both. They beat, they beat them down there, the too. Roads. Yeah, I was, I, was going, I was running through the road winds, yeah. and then you can argue, well, Texas, well, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. well, Michigan State, well, Wisconsin. Tennessee in overtime. What a crazy finish. Michigan State really sucked that year. As it turned out, yes. And Wisconsin, and, at the, and with Michigan State, it was later, uh, so you knew they weren't as good. Wisconsin was earlier, and Scott Gerard's greatest call telling me, I, I think you need to go to that game. Why? They're going to get killed. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, no, I think we need to cover that game. <laughs> Great call. <laughs> to my utter amazement. <laughs> <laughs> they won that game. <laughs> That's right. What's the tight ends coach, the small dude? What's his Steve name? Steve Clark? Clark, jumping yeah. into Jeff Grimes' <laughs> arm. <laughs> I'm on the field, and I snapped that picture. <laughs> I, Kate, PK, to this day, I'm with DJ on this. When you sent us that picture, I thought you'd taken it from BYUphotos.com yeah. or something. Yeah, I that was some AP guy or that something. That was a it. marvelous photo. Yeah. It was me. Framed perfectly, like <laughs> caught the moment, everything. Yeah. <laughs> it was me. I saw like that old uh, thing where you see two lovers on the beach running to each <laughs> in other slow in slow motion. motion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some movie scene yeah. that they do for comedy because nobody really does that. But such right. a cliche. And I saw him running towards Grimes. Like, Ooh, I better have this out, man. <laughs> I snapped it real quick. So uh, I think it's important for the Cougars to get as many Pac-12 games as they can every single season. And I think Tom Homo already knows that anyway. All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, big game tonight, Lakers and Warriors. Winner is the seventh seed and plays the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs. The loser will play again for the eighth seed. And might end up playing the Jazz. So who are you rooting for? The Lakers or the Warriors? We're getting a lot of responses. Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James, Facebook, DJ and PK. Grab your phone. Use our app. Use the open mic feature. Send it to Yach. He'll play it. You can go old school and call us 855-340-ZONE. Big game tonight, 8 o'clock ESPN, Lakers and Warriors. Who are you pulling for? We will do that next. Stay with us.